in your opinion, in your opinion, is it ever okay to touch a pregnant woman's belly without asking? <laughs> Can I just warn you if you ever do that? Make sure she's pregnant first. I remember when Audrey was pregnant with Ezra. You know, it was our first kid and her first time being pregnant. And uh, she would come home after church often and would be very frustrated. I can't believe people think it's okay to come up and just start touching your belly. She would just go on and on. And she was upset with obviously being belly touched by who knows who. Um, but finally, she'd had enough. She was finally like, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't deal with the belly rubs. Like, people need to understand it's not okay to touch my belly. And so she, uh, she basically, when she would go into conversations, would just very upfront with people, just say, uh, just so you know, I know that I'm pregnant, but please don't touch my belly. And uh, there were some people that, uh, you know, uh, she had to make the boundary a little bit more obvious to them. Because even though she had prefaced the conversation with, please don't touch my belly, they, for whatever reason, had forgotten in the 30 seconds of their conversation and were so focused on her stomach that they started to do the reach out of like, oh, and, and, and Audrey would, I could, I could watch her from across the auditorium just do one of these, step back and just make it very visibly clear, there is a boundary right here and you, sir, you, ma'am, oftentimes it's the women. We had a conversation about it earlier about often it's the ladies, no offense, but men don't usually feel comfortable touching another woman's belly. So she would, she would step back physically and make very clear there was this physical boundary of, you're reaching out to touch my belly. I've told you I don't watch my belly. Obviously, you've got some boundary issues that you're not listening to, so please don't touch me. Boundaries are an important thing in life. They can help us in many different areas, especially as we talk about anxiety. The title of the message today is Boundary Issues. Boundary Issues. We're continuing our series today called When Anxiety Attacks. And we've taken the last couple of weeks looking at how to battle anxiety. And in the first week, we talked about the, the setting the stage of dealing and working through anxiety, and we talked about our thought processes and the importance of gathering and, and taking captive our thoughts. We said in the first week that what we think shapes what we become. And so we talked about this idea that in order for us to combat the anxiety that we wrestle with in life, we've got to identify the lies that we begin to believe, and then we have to not just identify them, but we have to remove the lies that cause our anxiety, and then we have to replace them with truth, with God's word, with scripture. And so we talked about the importance of removing that, and then last week we talked about the importance of, of, of what it looks like to take control of our thoughts, and what happens if we don't, because the enemy is the great deceiver. The enemy, it tells us lies, and so he wants to implant these lies in us, and one of the biggest lies that the enemy tells us is that you are anxious. Well, anxiety 
is not your identity. Anxiety is a feeling. Anxiety is an emotion. It's not who you are. And so we shared last week that, that the enemy wants to put these lies into us. And we need to, one, remove them, replace them with truth. And so I gave you list, uh, a list of 19 different verses of your identity last week. We, we put it on the handout, and I heard there were many people that didn't get that handout. And so we actually reprinted it. There are more copies that are available at the back table over here and at the information desk. So if you didn't get your copy, feel free to grab that on your way out. But we, we, we talked about replacing the lies of the enemy with the truth of Scripture. And so we gave you 19 different truths of who you are because you are not your identity. You are a child of God, we said. And so it's an issue that we struggle with. And before we get too far into it, I, I'm going to do this every week, is I need you to understand I'm a pastor, all right? I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm not a cl clinical psychologist. I'm not a Christian therapist, all right? So I can't speak in to the medical aspects of working through anxiety. I can speak to it from a spiritual side of it, and so that's where I'm gonna spend my time is focusing on the spiritual element of working through anxiety, all right? So just wanna make sure that everybody has those understandings that they don't put these medical things on me because that's not what I am. I didn't study that long to be a doctor, all right? I actually didn't study at all to be a doctor. But as we talk about boundaries this week, I, I wanna help us understand what doc, Dr. John Deloney writes as he talks about boundaries. He says, the difference between someone who is well and whole and someone who is not can almost always be summed up with a single word, boundaries. He writes, setting boundaries is the key to mental and relational health. Healthy boundi boundaries are important. When you think of physical boundaries, right, you think of a wall, you think of a hedge, you think of a, a fence on the occasional moat with alligators in it, right? Like, those are the physical boundaries that we're aware of. We see physical boundaries. If you were to come to my house, uh, you would know that you need to go through a gate to get to my house. Our property is completely fenced. So I know where the boundaries of my property lines are. If I were to go to my neighbor's house and start digging up holes and cutting down trees, there would be a problem because I would have crossed a boundary marker. I can clearly see where my property ends and where their property begins. Boundaries in our personal lives are, are very similar. They're just a little bit harder to see. Regardless of how easy or how challenging they are to see, our personal boundaries need to have some kind of clarity like our property boundaries do. And when we don't set good boundaries in life, we get burdened. When we begin to feel the weight of the world on our shoulders. The anxiety creeps in and it, it begins to grow and grow. And in the book of Matthew, Jesus, he gives us a glimpse at his heart for people when he writes, or when he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, Come to me, all who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Chapter 11, this is the closing of chapter 11 in the book of Matthew. It gives us a glimpse at the heart of Jesus. He comes as humble. He comes as lowly to give rest to those who are weary. 
And the wording in this passage is very different than what we find later in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, where the scribes and the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of that day, they, would make, they were accused of making people's burdens incredibly heavy because of the legalistic demands that they would place on the different people. This passage in Matthew gives us two uh, encouragements. And the first is this, that Jesus reminds us to cast off societal expectations of outward conformity in the name of spirituality. There can be a harmful church culture that tells people who struggle with anxiety, if you were only a little more mature, if you were a little bit more spiritual, if you prayed a little bit more, if you read your Bible a little bit more, you, you repented of whatever sin you were hiding that's causing your anxiety, if you attended church a little bit more, if you did all those things, then you would be a less anxious person. Prayer scripture and a heart of humility before God, those are important things. But it's legalism and a false gospel that tells the anxious believer that they have to work to get rid of their anxiety. When we look at scripture, we find that grace reminds us that Jesus doesn't tell us to try harder. He tells us to come to him. He doesn't say go and do, go and work this way. He just says simply come to me. And the second encouragement is that whatever our weakness is caused by, we can bring it to Jesus. When our anxiety is too much, when the world seems overwhelming, when we feel like we're at the end of our rope, we're at the end of our strength, Jesus meets us there. But if you look closely at this passage, Jesus doesn't say that when you come to him, your life is going to be free of pain and hardship. There's a yoke that's placed. Consider what Jesus is talking about here. A yoke, it's a heavy crossbar that's placed on two oxen that are used to pull farming equipment along the ground. And so there was work that went into being yoked together. The Greek word, if we look a little bit later, what's kind of interesting is you look in Matthew chapter 13, it calls Jesus' father Joseph, it calls him a carpenter. And that word translated out, it, many people think of Joseph when they hear he's a carpenter, they think of him as like a, a framing carpenter, somebody who would build homes, that kind of a deal. But it actually, scholars look at that and they, they believe that he was actually a Finnish carpenter. And so some of the tradition has it that, that a, a carpenter shop that Jesus worked at with his father, it specialized in making yokes. As a Finnish carpenter, one of the things would have been making yokes. And, and to yoke two oxen together, uh, uh, a carpenter would, would skillfully design that yoke to fit each oxen individually. And since there was always a lead ox who would work and, and lead the way, there was always one who would follow. And see, the yoke was designed in such a way that the, the lead ox would pull the greater weight and the assistant ox would kind of just follow along and go with the flow. Jesus is using a, a kind of irony here. He's saying that the yoke that, that is laid upon his disciples is kind of like a non-yoke. The yoke of Jesus is kindness. His yoke, it's a non-yoke. His burden is a non-burden. Non what helium does to a balloon, Jesus' yoke does to his followers. He lightens our load. But bad news feels like it dominates our headlines. 
and maybe it's just our perception because our brains are wired to seem to hear and remember the bad news more easily, or maybe it's just because bad news is much more marketable for the media companies. But regardless, we hear a lot of scary, stressful, anxiety-inducing news. And as people, as followers of Jesus who believe in restoration and the innate value of every human, all of this bad news, it can really put a damper on things for us. We long for justice. We long for peace. We long for a life where there's no more violence, where people don't go a day without food or without shelter. But it's no surprise that we can get caught up in all the bad without remembering the good. And yet we see all the bad that's happening, all the, the struggles that are happening in our world, all the things that the media outlets want us to see, those negative things. But good is still happening in our world. I'm not sure if you're familiar with what's been taking place out in Kentucky, but there is a revival that's been taking place out at Oxbury University. There are some great things that are coming out of that. There is repentance happening. There is lives being changed. And so here's the thing about it. Good news is still there. You just have to look for it. You just have to look for it. Paul writes in Galatians, he writes this, you will always harvest what you plant. Another way of saying is you will reap what you sow, right? So if you're always looking for bad news, guess what you're going to find? Bad news. But if you take time to seek out the good news, the good things are happening. If you take time to seek out what God is truly doing in our world, you will find the good news. You won't have to carry that burden because God is still at work in us and in our world. And if you don't put up boundaries... If you don't monitor what you're allowing into your mind, you're going to end up being burdened. See, boundaries are beneficial. Boundaries are beneficial for you and for me. If you think about God and boundaries, they're rooted in who God is, right? God, he defines who he is. He takes his responsibility for his personality and the way he thinks, the way he feels, the way he operates. He guards his house. He doesn't allow evil in. God puts up very clear boundaries. And so if we're supposed to live our lives like Jesus, like God, we too should be putting up boundaries in our life. Boundaries are a way to take care of ourselves. They're a way to, to protect ourselves and when you understand how to maintain healthy boundaries and to, to set them and to maintain them, you can avoid feelings of resentment. You can avoid feelings of discouragement. You can avoid feelings of anger that, that begin to build up when your limits get pushed. And now I understand that, that sometimes the thought of addressing boundaries and the anxiety that comes from them can cause more anxiety for people. But after all, when setting limits, people have anxieties, like believing they don't deserve to set personal boundaries. They fear change, even if it's a positive change. They have vague worries because of a lack of specific goals in their life. They have a hesitation because of a lack of self-confidence. They overthink, imagine consequences. They're anxious with faulty thought patterns. People have anxieties like strong worries that keep them stuck to the problem. But as National Certified Counselor Tanya Peter writes, anxious beliefs keep people struggling with anxiety and from setting limits or boundaries. Anxious beliefs keep people struggling with anxiety 
and it keeps them from setting limits or boundaries. Setting boundaries isn't selfish. Setting boundaries is beneficial. Boundaries, they help your overall well-being. Boundaries help you to decide that the people or the things that, that, need to, that you need to stop once they reach that boundary marker, that, that limiter. Part of the reason that boundaries are beneficial is boundaries keep you safe. Boundaries, they keep you safe. Last weekend, many people around the world watched the Super Bowl. Right, It was a great game, but the average NFL game, if you're not aware, the average broadcast lasts 174 minutes. And in that 174 minutes, it includes 60 minutes of commercials. And then the time between plays and, and, and the players when they're huddling, it all adds up to about 75 minutes. And then you take into account the replays that come into play in a, a NFL broadcast, and that's about 17 minutes. And so when you break it all down, there's only about 11 minutes of actual executing of plays in an NFL broadcast. That's about 6% of the broadcast is the actual execution of the plays. Now, I'm not giving you a reason not to watch the NFL. I'm just stating something to prove this point, that what would happen if they only spend 11 minutes actually executing the plays, the amount of wear and tear that goes into an NFL body in just 11 minutes a week, what would happen if they actually worked the entire 60 minutes of that game? If they were constantly moving without time to rest, to plan plays, without time to, to communicate. That's how some of us live our lives. We're constantly running, not taking time to rest, not taking time to reflect. And it's no wonder that a study that was done in 2022 showed that 90% of Americans say that their mental health is important to them. And in that study, 56% of Americans are, said they were concerned about their mental health. 56% of Americans were concerned about their mental health. The challenge with that is the impacts of struggling with anxiety are only growing as the generations continue on. Because that study showed that 58% of millennials, that's my generation, and for some of you, that's your kids, 58% of millennials and 71% of Generation Z, which might be your grandkids or your children, 58% of millennials and 71% of Generation Z say that anxiety impacts their life daily. Daily. Anxiety impacts three out of every four people, 25 and under, daily. That breaks my heart that people are struggling with anxiety. And with all the stress, all the anxiety that's running around, Americans are turning to a, a multitude of different resources and, and different ways to deal with these feelings. When it comes to coping with these feelings, 43% of people responded by saying they deal with it by listening to music. 37% said that they watch TV or some type of streaming show. And 26% said they just scroll on their phones. All of these 
are avoidance and distraction or numbing behaviors. They're done to get rid of the pain, to get rid of the burden. When you put up boundaries, it helps keep your anxieties, it helps keep your stress at bay because we don't allow everything to penetrate the different areas of our lives. Some boundaries look like relational boundaries. Others are emotional boundaries. They may be time boundaries. They may be physical boundaries. Boundaries are there to keep you safe. Just like stop signs are there to keep cars from colliding into each other at an intersection, just like drawing a line at never borrowing money will keep you out of debt, just like creating a bedtime routine for your devices at night keeps you from endlessly scrolling social media, boundaries keep you safe relationally and physically, but it also keeps you on the same page as the people that you love the most. I've shared with you before that there were some personal boundaries that Audrey and I set up when we were dating. I told you that, that we were, when we were dating that one of us had to be gone by midnight because nothing good happens after midnight, right? So that was one of our boundaries that we put up. The other boundary that we put up because I'm a guy and I know how I'm wired is I said that I'm not going to tell you that I love you until there's a ring on your finger. I said that I'm not going to kiss you until there's a ring on your finger because I don't want to manipulate the situation. I care about you too much. I'm putting these boundaries up. There's other boundaries that I've put up in my life that, that uh, at nine o'clock, my phone goes on mute. Like you don't bother, nobody can get a hold of me unless you're my mom, my grandma, my, my parents, uh, or my brother or my wife. Nobody can get a hold of me past nine o'clock at night because that's my time with my wife. I love you guys, but you're not going to get a hold of me after nine o'clock at night. There's a boundary that I put up because I need to protect that space that I have with my wife, that, that boundary that's put up. I don't keep certain apps on my phone because I don't want the temptation to fall into the endless scrolling of social media or other things. So I purposefully don't put apps on my phone because it's a boundary that I've set up because I know how I'm wired. I don't want to fall into certain things. So I don't put certain apps on my phone. Our family has a boundary of we don't say yes to everything that we get invited to. Like as much as we would love to be at every event, every birthday party, every basketball game, everything that we get invited to, we simply can't do it because there's a boundary that we've put up to protect our family time, to protect what's most important to us besides our relationship with Jesus is our relationship as a family. There's a boundary that we put up in our house. It's called a clean house. Now, there's a reason for this. Well, it may sound over the top. There's a reason to why we keep a clean house and why I, and, and I'm grateful for my wife and my kids who have come along because part of it's my reason because I don't operate well in chaotic environments. And so for me, in order to, for, for me to be the best dad, the best husband, the best leader of this church that I can be, I need to have a clean, organized space. Because if not, my mind goes all over the place and I don't get to focus on the things that I need to do. So there was a reason that I had a conversation with my four-year-old this morning that her room needed to be clean before she did anything else this morning. I want to do this, dad. Great, go clean your room. A clean house keeps us operating at the right way. And so, again, those are just my personal boundaries, some of the boundaries in our life. But boundaries are important. When we can establish, when we can communicate, and we, when we can maintain boundaries, we keep ourselves safe. And I'm not saying that all things that we don't do are bad. I'm not saying that everything we don't say yes to is, is a bad thing, but when you say yes to things out of guilt, when you say yes to things out of obligation, we put ourselves at risk for more anxiety. 
because we're constantly running. There's a reason that Scripture talks about a Sabbath, about taking time to rest. And we'll do a series on this another day because I've thought about it this week and it's going to be important for us. But that's down the road. But, but, but let's look at Jesus for a moment. Jesus modeled boundaries for us. There were times when Jesus would get away to pray, where he would get away to refuel. He often would have crowds following him, and Jesus would leave the crowds to get away to pray. His disciples would not understand it all the time. The people wouldn't understand it all the time, but Jesus knew that he needed to have boundaries in the way that he lived his life. Can I tell you that not everyone is going to understand when you set up boundaries? And there are going to be some people that push back against the boundaries that you have in life. But when you set the boundaries up, those boundaries will keep you safe. The burdens that Jesus carried were heavy. The things that we carry in life, they're heavy. Why should the heavy burdened and the weary come to Christ? Matthew puts it real simply in chapter 11. Because Christ will give them rest. Why? Because Christ will give them rest. Christ will give rest no matter how intense the struggling, the despair, how empty, how lonely. No matter all of that, he will keep you safe. We just need to set up boundaries. And while there may be those of you that are out there thinking, man, boundaries, they just, they just they make me feel boxed in. Boundaries, they give you freedom. You may feel boxed in by the boundaries, but they actually give you freedom. When you think of the boundaries on a roadway, right, they're designed to direct you and they're designed to protect you. Boundaries, they give you freedom to operate within that, that safety zone, right? When you think of a, a boundary, it's, they call them guardrails on roads, right? The guardrails aren't put just outside the safe zones, where you can get hurt, they're put just inside the safety zones. And within that, you can go all over the place. You might get a ticket, but you can go all over the place within those boundary zones. There's freedom within them. It might sound counterintuitive to say that the boundaries give you freedom, but when you give yourself permission not to carry other people's problems, when you give yourself permission not to carry other people's drama, not to carry other people's baggage or their unrealistic expectations, what happens when you give yourself that freedom not to carry those things, you experience freedom. Because you realize that you're only responsible for your own feelings. You are only responsible for your own feelings. When you find freedom, that burden is lessened, the weight is dissipated, and rest is more easily found. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, come to me and I will give you rest. What are the conditions of finding rest? There's one condition. The answer is not, the answer to rest isn't found in searching after truth through religion. Well, that's important. It's not found in positive thinking. Well, that's important. It's not found in seeking reliable counsel from trustful friends. Well, that's important. The answer to rest is simply coming to Jesus. The answer to rest is coming to Jesus. Rest is available, but we have to come to Jesus to receive the rest of God. A person must simply take Christ's yoke 
and begin to learn from him. It simply means that we have to learn to live and labor under his leadership, under his direction, under his care, and under his guidance. A yoke was intended to ease the discomfort in carrying a heavy load. But a yoke, it also symbolized obedience and acceptance of responsibility. This passage says that Jesus offers a yoke that is easy. It says that he offers a burden that is light. This catches us in the deep paradox that's found throughout the Gospel of Matthew, that salvation is a gift and a demand, that it is gospel and it's law, that God gives all, but he demands all. That word easy, it's translated, it means kind, it means good. That, that yoke, it's well fitted around the neck, it's not bothersome. The word light, when you translate it out, it means his burden is not burdensome. You see, a yoke was never made for one. A yoke was made for two. Jesus never imposed his disciples a yoke, which he himself was not also going to bear. 1 John 5, 3 says, Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Being yoked to Jesus means that we live like Jesus. We love his commands. We live by his commands. And his commands, it says in scripture, are not burdensome. Jesus says, come. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, they said, do. And they tried to make people follow all these laws, these legalistic things, these traditions. But true salvation church is only found in a person in Jesus Christ. It's not found in what you do. It's not found in how good of a person you are. It's not found in how many people you help. True salvation only comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. To come to him means to trust him. And the invitation is open to all who are burdened, all who are exhausted, all who are weighed down, when you put up boundaries around the different areas of your life, when you begin to live your life like Jesus lived, that burden will become light. The ability to establish boundaries, it helps your mental health as well as your relationship with others. But anxiety can cause the inability to create boundaries just like the lack of boundaries can cause anxiety. It can kind of be a double-edged sword, if you will. But there are ways that you can reduce your anxiety around boundary issues to improve your way of life. James writes in the message translation, it says, if, you, if all you want is your own way, flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God in his way. You can try doing it by yourself. You can try carrying the burden by yourself. You can try walking through life alone. But you weren't created for that. You were created to do life with Jesus. We weren't intended to carry all things all the time. We sang this morning that too long we've done it alone. We've, too long we've done it by ourselves. We weren't created to carry that burden by ourselves. We're called to love God and we're called to love others. But that doesn't mean that we take on every cause, every hurt, every injustice, and every movement. We weren't meant to, to shoulder all those burdens and to carry a heavy yoke. 
Jesus reminds us that his burden is light and his yoke is easy. Leaning on our supportive church community, leaning on like-minded friends and trusted mentors can help us find a better balance. Church, I want you to hear me say this. Don't feel guilty about setting boundaries. Don't feel guilty about setting boundaries because you have no problem setting boundaries in other areas of your life, like eating a balanced diet, getting exercise. There are boundaries that we put up without even thinking about it. But at times when it comes to these types of boundaries, we have a hard time putting boundaries up. Boundaries are not meant for you to feel guilty. They're meant to keep you safe. They're meant to protect you. Boundaries are truly beneficial for your life. The problem is God's not going to put them up for you. You have to put them up. You have to make a conscious decision to put up those boundaries, and you get to decide where those boundaries are, where you're going to put them at. It's your choice. That's the, the joy of being in a relationship with Jesus. He doesn't dictate what we have to do. He says, if you want an easy burden, you want a light yoke, then I would do this. Don't be a person that struggles with boundary issues. Be someone who's protected, who has Jesus yoked together with you, who can find rest when life is heavy, who can find peace when the world wants to weigh you down. We weren't meant to carry the burden alone. Put boundaries up like Jesus did. Live life like him and be yoked together with him and watch how your life changes. Would you pray with me?